Welcome back to the Overlook Podcast. As the MLB playoffs are approaching, former Ohio State baseball player L. Davis joins to discuss the shortened MLB season, the continued fight for social justice in baseball, and thoughts on the 2020 MLB playoffs. Is it? Yo. Yo, there he is. <laughs> My boy. Let's go. Bro. Let's go. Bro, L, how's it going? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm all right, bro. Man, look, welcome to the Overlook Podcast. I cannot tell you how excited I am to have you on, bro. It's really great to have you. I'm stoked, man. I'm ready to go. I've been up since four. Let's get it. I know. I know, grind dog. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> all right. So what brought you into baseball, you know? You know, I was obviously I was born in Santa Monica and grew up in Southern California. I grew up in Newport Beach. Um, basically, since I could walk um, was, you know, a baseball was put in my hand. Um, I don't come from an athletic, you know, family background, nothing. Um, but, you know, as a kid, played baseball and golf. Um, and then when I got to high school, both of those sports were in the same season. And so it kind of became a point where I had to have a, a conversation with my dad and a couple other important people in my life and said, you know, what do I do? Because I was competing in both and I wanted to do both, but I couldn't because they were the same time of the year. And um, my uncle, who I'm actually in Arizona visiting right now, I'm at his house. um, He has been in the golf business for a long time. And he basically told me, he's like, look, you can play golf your entire life when you're done after college or, you know, however far you take anything else, you can always play golf, but baseball, you only have a certain amount of time. And that's, that's what, that's what sold me on that. So um, played baseball in high school, went to a school called J Sarah in South County. Um, at the time it was a, it was a younger high school. I think it was about, uh, seven or eight years old. Um, our coach there is, is still there. Unbelievable guy, coach K, um, played at Cal State Fullerton, played the Mets organization. Um, and I, I transferred there from, from my freshman year, uh, at Corona Del Mar high school. I transferred to Jay Sarah, um, because of, you know, that, that competitive atmosphere. I mean, our, our, senior year our entire starting lineup every single one of us was committed to go to division one school and our catcher got drafted by the Padres in the second round um, and has been playing for them for the past four years and just got traded to Cleveland so we were stacked um, and then out of high school I went to Arizona State uh, for my first year and a half two years um, nice. ended up ended up leaving uh, I had to have some, my wrist redone. I was in a collision over, over summer ball and, um, uh, you know, had, yeah. had a, yeah, had a wrist surgery, had a little setback, um, which, you know, all of us athletes at some point, I think we experienced that. So I had my setback. Yeah. About, you know, end of freshman, beginning of sophomore year, um, and ended up leaving Arizona state and went to orange coast college, uh, because that's what was closest to my house. OC. Um, and, and, yeah. OCC. So I, I had uh, I had the you know I was very lucky to play for uh, Coach Altabelli um, at OCC and obviously there's there's been a lot about him recently because he was on you know the helicopter with Kobe uh, he and his family so I was fortunate enough to know Coach Alto get to play for him um, and probably learn the most out of my entire career from him and how to approach the game and how to handle myself as a man outside of the field. Um, and then went to Ohio State for my last two years and ended up winning a Big Ten championship in 2016 and called it a career. Oh, wow. Wow. I think that's it. I think I think I crammed, you know, seven years into, you know, five minutes. 
those are some of the most intense five minutes that I've heard from, you know, <laughs> coming from, especially, you know, someone with a, a decorated baseball background like yourself. Um, I had no idea that one of the coaches that was on the um, helicopter with Kobe was one of your childhood coaches. Yeah. So, so, you know, um, obviously it's been, it's an interesting thing and it's been devastating to, you know, uh, my family cause he was an important piece, but you know, just the whole OCC family and, you know, Alto was the kind of guy that, um, you know, we called him the, the collector of lost baseball souls. So Alto, basically what he would do every year is he would find out who was transferring out of division one schools or high level schools and would just find really good players and good guys and would take them in, um, especially during a time when we feel really lost, you know, because as an athlete, you know, when you're at a division one school or a high level school and you're told either you can no longer play the game there or you decide to leave and you don't really know where your next step is, um, you know, that's something that I don't think anyone really ever mentally prepares for. I, I know I didn't, at least, you know, it was like, I'm at Arizona State, you know, it's division one school, I didn't play my freshman year. But you know, you kind of go in, you, your ego grows, you know, you're kind of touted out of high school. Oh, and yeah. then all of a sudden, yeah, and then you know, and then everybody's hitting you up, you know, your, your phone's buzzing. You're the guy, bro. You're, you're the guy, you're, you're the guy, right. And, and, and I definitely was not, but you, you feel like it. And, uh, and then when, when, you know, you have a surgery and you kind of fall off the face of the earth and you're told, you know, 50-50 chance you might play again, it's a year for recovery, everyone falls off the face of the earth, you know. So for someone like him to kind of step in and go, okay, like, let's see if we, we can get you healthy. And if we can, you know, let's give you a shot. And so it took me, it was supposed to take me a year. I would torn a couple ligaments in my wrist, chipped the bone. Um, and I, it was supposed to take me a year to recover. It took me six months. Uh, to fully heal. And then I was back playing again. And, um, you know, Alto gave me a chance just to get back on track. And that's what got me to Ohio State was playing for him. We actually won um, in 2014. It was another kind of like my high school, you know, our entire team were all bounced back division one guys. So you basically had a college D1 team just absolutely destroying everyone. Um, totally. And uh, yeah, it was it was a blast. You know, it was, it was a blast. We we went through a rough patch, like middle of the season. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'll never forget, we all kind of had like this sit down meeting. And uh, we came in on a, on a morning where we didn't have practice or anything. We just kind of had a meeting with Alto. And he's like, you guys are better than this. And had played us some videos and things from past teams that had won. And from there on out, I want to say we won like 15 or 16 games in a row and just beat the shit out of everyone. I can <laughs> nice. say that. Um, you know, and, and, uh, and ended up winning the, the state championship and then the national championship that year. And, and it was, it was great, man. So I, I owe a lot of things to him and, uh, am very grateful for, um, what he was able to do for me and in, in my life. And yeah, man, I mean, we're, we're dealing with it. it it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bummer, you know, it's uh, he and his family, um, his, his wife and his, one of his daughters were on there with Kobe and the rest of the, the, uh, the people on board. So, you know, tough time. We'll never forget that day. Always kind of a, a scar on the heart, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And our deepest condolences still to this day. So you mentioned, you know, I did not know that you went to Arizona State prior to um, Ohio State. So that's interesting. So you did have, you know, the typical, the natural, you know, all right, we're going in. Like we just signed, we just committed to our school. Oh, yeah. Boom. First year, oh, yeah. injury. And so- yes. 
it, it was, you know, it's, it was an adjustment. I mean, uh, you know, I, I was a late bloomer in the sense of being recruited. Um, and I didn't commit to Arizona state really until like the middle of my senior year. And it was originally between Arizona state and Ohio state. And my dad, um, my dad went to Ohio state and I grew up an Ohio state fan. He was on the football team, his freshman year, went in as a running back, even though he wasn't really athletic, um, got hurt and ended up being a student manager the rest of his time at Ohio state. So the Davis family is not very athletic. So somehow, some way I, I was able to piece it together and made it work. Um, but it was between those two schools and really, uh, the big decision maker for me at the time was being closer to home. Um, you know, like today we, we made the drive, we're in Arizona right now and it was, you know, four and a half hour, five hour drive, very easy to get here. Um, and the weather, you know, it's, it's a hundred degrees right now and it was, you know, it's always beautiful. So it's a lot easier to play in warm weather as opposed to cold. Um, so I made that choice and uh, came out here. I had just turned 18, you know, got dropped in the, one of the craziest party schools, you know, atmospheres in the world. ASU, and, baby. Uh, the devils oh, go yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a blast. I, I enjoyed it. I had, you know, I had so much fun. Um, but it's, you know, one of those things, the injury and just kind of being here after a certain amount of time, realized it just wasn't the right fit. Um, and so when I got the second chance uh, in Ohio State, came calling again. Luckily, I was like, I'm, I'm really not even listening to anybody else. I just, I, I want to be a Buckeye. And, you know, I want to earn my own varsity jacket, like, the, you know, like my dad's that I used to wear as a kid. And I want to, I want to have my own rings, like the ones I would try on from his, you know, Sugar Bowl and Rose Bowl. And I'm like, that's, that's what I want. So um, that's kind of how I made my way to OSU. That's amazing. That's amazing. And not too many people have, you know, true perspective from coming from a power five school like Ohio State, you know, so touching that, what was it like to be, you know, a baseball player at a major football school, you know, where baseball might not be the main focus? Like, how was it, you know, to be the guys, you know, aside from the guys? Yeah, well, you know, Columbus is unique um, because it really, if you're any type of student athlete in Ohio, you know, and, and go to Ohio State, you're, you're definitely looked at in a different light. Um, the running joke, and I think a lot of schools can attest to this, um, you know, you get these player-issued backpacks every year. You know, like your, your, of course. your team gets – Yeah, you know, your that's name's the stamp, on there, baby. Numbers. That's the stamp. Yeah, I mean, that's like – that's the thing. So you walk around campus with your, like, you know, your baseball backpack or your football backpack, and everybody kind of, like, looks – um, you know, so at Ohio State, it's I think it's a little bit different because it's just you're in a sport, regardless of the sport. You know, football is a huge deal, of course. But, um, you know, everyone really respects all of the student athletes there, because to your point, you know, it's it's a it's a very, very large, high level school for athletics. Um, you know, our, our even our synchronized swim team is like was national champions like three years in a row. Um, you know, football is ridiculous. Our wrestlers were winning like national championships and going to the Olympics. Um, you know, yeah, basketball is kind of in the mix, but you know, they, they took a little backseat for a little, they're coming back. Um, you know, but every sport is, is very, it's, it's taken seriously there, especially because it's Columbus, even though it's, um, you know, considered kind of a smaller city, it's, it's big in a sense of Ohio state is like, even if you're in Cleveland, it's Ohio state. Um, you know, so from that aspect, it, you know, we befriended, I, I personally, I befriended a lot of other student athletes. And I think that happens at a lot of other places. And 
a lot of the football guys are very normal in the sense of it's, it's a high level sport, but um, you know, you, you guys are all in college and you're student athletes and you're there to enjoy and work hard, but also enjoy yourselves and the social aspects and go to school and learn, um, you know, so from that aspect, it, it, it was cool. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't too focused on football. And if you're not a football player, you're nothing. Um, and I think that's, that's starting to become more popular amongst other schools, but really at Ohio state, it was, you know, any type of sport you're, you're, you're looked at in a different way. Yeah, totally. Cause I mean, uh, like you just described, Buckeyes dominate across the board, you know? So, Hey, I mean, it's, you know, and we had a lot to live up to. I mean, you go in and, uh, our baseball team hadn't won a big 10 in a while. And, uh, you know, our first year, my first year there was 20, uh, let's see, 2014, 15 season. Um, and we played well, but we didn't end up winning. Uh, and then the next year, you know, it was kind of like, that was my last year and kind of do or die for the team. And, um, you know, it was, it, we were so close to winning it in the regular season and we lost by like a game to Minnesota and we were playing them at the end of the year. And they, you know, we saw them celebrate on the field in front of us. It was just like the worst feeling ever. Oh yeah. Always. And then, um, yeah. And then we go to the big 10, you know, we go to, uh, the big 10, uh, tournament, which was hosted in Omaha where the college world series is hosted. And, uh, you know, we, I think in the second game we ended up losing. So we go to the losers bracket. And so we had to play like two days in a row. We had to play double headers both days just to make it to the finals. Mm -hmm. Um, so we had to win, we won four games in a row and then went to the finals and, you know, being in Omaha is very close to Iowa, who, who we were playing in the finals. So the entire stadium was packed with Iowa Hawkeye fans. Um, so it felt like an away game. I mean, it was, it was really fun. I mean, it's, and my dad flew in for it. You know, a lot of the true fans and, and parents flew in um, and we ended up winning. And it was, it was the coolest thing I, I think I've ever been a part of from an athletic standpoint. Um, the trophy and, you know, we had, we'd ended up chartering to the tournament. So we pull the bus right up to the plane. We got the trophy. We're playing Drake. You know, we're, we're just, we're on Trophies. cloud nine, man. We, it was sick. We hopped right on the plane, flew right home. You know, it was a blast. It was so cool. So we all have our rings and um, I don't wear it often, but when I do, it's, it brings back a lot of great memories. Man, that's amazing. And ending your college career with a ring, that's, only something that literally all athletes dream about. And it's really awesome the fact that you were able to do that, you know, especially being like bringing the athleticism to your family. You also brought home the gold. So it was fun, man. It was cool. Now, now my dad wants to wear my ring. Like when I was a kid, I wanted to try on his student manager, you know, Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl rings, Big Ten. And now mine's like triple the size because they're just ginormous now. So now it's like, no, nah, you, you can't wear mine. Thanks, though. You know, thanks. Of course, of course, man. The young wolves, man. We're we we're on the come up. We're on the come up. It's crazy. It's crazy. The size of these things now. It's unbelievable. <laughs> right. So, so normally, you know, um, the focus when ending ending a season is either a ring or you know we're gonna we're gonna try to go to the MLB. We got to go to the next level. And this year, the MLB, just as much as all of the other, you know. Um, professional sporting organizations it's just been very shaky a very very tough year to get things underway and uh, it seems like the MLB has been doing a pretty good job about it because like I I'm really looking to get your thoughts on how the season has gone so far you know because at first there were COVID outbreaks but the MLB managed to slow that down with frequent testing and keeping a stricter eye on the players so how 
What are your thoughts about um, how the MLB is treating COVID-19? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's so tough for any league or sport to try and tackle this to begin with because no one's ever seen it before. Um, you know, I think every sport has done as best as they can do uh, to control it and try and get the players back on the field, really, so they can earn a living. Um, that's what it comes down to. And, and it's for the fans as well, of course. And there's a lot of business aspects that are tied to it. Um, you know, I think the MLB one was tricky. And I have a lot of friends that still play and, and a couple that are obviously at the major league level and, and, and having conversations with them. Um, you know, it's just, it's unique. I think the MLB did a good job. Um, I think sports like hockey and, um, you know, the NFL probably did a little bit better. I think the NBA did really, really good with the bubble. Um, but once again, it's such a different dynamic to do something like that because you're talking about, you know, an indoor sport versus an outdoor sport and, and different things like that. So from a basketball standpoint, you probably do have to be more enclosed in a bubble because you're all on top of each other in a confined space where baseball, you're out in the open or football, you're out in the open. So, um, you know, all in all, I think baseball did as best as they could with all the facts that were given to them, the time that they had to prepare, um, getting the ownership on board, as well as the players to agree to all the terms. Um, you know, for a while, I, you know, in speaking with some people, I didn't think anything was going to happen. I thought the, the season was going to be a wash and, you know, the guys just weren't going to play. Um, so I'm glad they got a season in. I think they've done a good job in terms of, you know, pumping in the crowd noise and uh, putting the cardboard cutouts, you know, and allowing fans to, you know, purchase a cardboard cutout of themselves and put it in the stands. And if a foul ball hits you, they send you the ball. Like, I, I think That's pretty they tried to create, yeah, they try to get as creative as they could. Um, so I think they've done a good job and, uh, hopefully next year by next season and spring training, you know, things are cleared up and they can have fans back in the stadium. Cause I know the guys miss, you know, every sport, but I know the baseball guys miss having fans in the stands. That's, that's why you enjoy playing the game. It's the noise you feed off that, the smell of the popcorn or, or depending on where you're playing. If you're, if you're in San Francisco, it's garlic fries, you know? Um, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's all of those aspects that, um, I know the players miss it. I know the fans miss it. So hopefully it goes back to normal. But for now, I think they did a good job. Yeah, I mean, and they're got, I mean, and they have really have no choice but to do an excellent job because I mean, it's it's a sixty game season, you know. And I mean, for you, how's it been able to kind of watch it unfold as a fan? It's, it's unique. I mean, it's it's you know, baseball in particular. There's so many games in a season, so to have uh, sixty games shortened, um, you know. It's, it's allowing these guys to really, if you start off hot, you're going to have a great season. If you start off cold, you're not going to have a good season. <laughs> Where that's not normally the case. That's not normally the case. You have time to balance it out. Um, so some of these teams that started off as a whole really hot, they're staying hot because it's only two months, three months. Um, you know, so a team like the Padres, for example, they're playing really well and they just started off hot and they haven't gotten cold. Um, so that's kind of the sneaky thing. And you know how it is with playoffs where it, anything can happen if it's the team who's the hottest, not necessarily who had the best season. Um, and, and so if you're going into playoffs and whether you just squeak in via a wild card game or, you know, you've made it in and you've clinched early, you just need to stay hot. If you get cold and your pitching starts to go or your guys can't hit or you make some errors or even mental errors, you know, those are the teams that start to fade out and that end up losing. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping the Dodgers can, can pull it off this year just kind of as a fan because they've been the last two seasons. They've just missed out. 
Um, there were some odd circumstances, you know, why maybe they lost uh, in one of the series. So, you know, I, I hope to see them pull it out. But, you know, being a fan of the game, I just want to see good series all the way to the end. Yeah, absolutely, man. And a sidebar on that, I really hope my uh, Chicago White Sox can bring home. They're good. They're good. You know, like I said, if, if they can get hot and stay hot, you never know. Don't sleep on Chicago, man. Don't sleep on Chicago. White Sox were at it you this year. Know. And, you know, Cubbies, you do your thing, too. Yeah, go Cubs, go. And, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, they're also, MLB also uh, announced that they're going to do a postseason bubble, 16 teams. Now, yeah. that is, it, it's going to open up uh, the best of three opening rounds. They're going to call it the wild card series. Um, how, do you, how, do you, how do you feel about, you know, MLB kind of integrating a bubble plan, just like the NBA? Yeah, I think it's smart. I mean, you know, it, it keeps everyone safer, um, you know, because it's a little bit more of a controlled environment. You're not you're not traveling as much. And I think that's a big piece of it. Um, you know, for these guys, it's you're not hopping, even though it's a chartered plane, you're just you're staying in a controlled environment. Um, and anytime you can do that, regardless of the sport, um, even if it's not sports, just in general in life, you know, us living in this world right now, if you can control your environment as much as possible and stay in a space that's clean and safe, um, the odds go down that you'll, that you'll get COVID or get sick. Um, so I think it's smart. You know, I think they're taking a blueprint that's been proven to work for another sport um, and they're applying it to this. And like I said, I think they're, everyone's just trying to figure it out along the way. There's no, there's never been anything like this. There's no rule book. There's no playbook. There's no blueprint. Um, so I think they're all trying to do the best they can. And I think it's smart to do a, a bubble for the MLB. And, um, I know, I know the, you know, NHL kind of did something similar. Um, and that's kind of how they're conducting their, their playoffs in the Stanley cup. So, um, it's good. I, I think it's smart. Yeah, seriously, me too. And it's well, more details keep coming out. Um, as the MLB playoff approaches, uh, the National League games will be played in Texas, uh, Houston, and Arlington, and the American League games will be played out here in Los Angeles, uh, in San Diego. Yeah, man, I really feel like um, those are the two states that might have the the craziest cases of COVID, but we also have the the best infrastructure, if you want to say, you know, to kind of keep it away from Absolutely. large groups. You know. Absolutely. Yeah, man, I agree. I agree. So, yeah, hopefully uh, we'll be looking to see a nice, healthy MLB season for sure. Now, baseball has – it's been a little under the radar lately with the NBA playoffs and football coming back. But now with the MLB playoffs, you know, taking place, um, what are some storylines you think listeners should pay attention to? You know, with everything going on in the world, COVID and other things um, for equality and, and – you know, everything that's going on for social injustice, in all honesty, um, you know, I think it's important that that the players, given any sport, have their platform to discuss what's going on. Um, you know, I think I think everyone in general has the right to their own opinion. And, um, you know, for myself, everything that's been going on is is absolutely tragic. And and, uh, you know, I wish there was more that we could do. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do uh, to help with that. Um, you know, and, and I think baseball in particular is unique. Um, the, the sport itself is, is actually driven a lot by a Hispanic community and, and Dominican. Um, and, and that's really taken the game in, in a really good direction. Um, you know, it's, it's a good mix, but 
I hope that the players that are playing in the playoffs can leverage this opportunity in front of the cameras and in front of the big stage that when they have a chance to speak on it, they do. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, I was watching LeBron last night and, you know, at the end of the game, they interview him and it's really, it's not even about the game. It's about everything that's going on. And I think that's the right thing to do right now. Um, and, you know, in all honesty, I hope it doesn't stop just because it's going on right now. And just because it's, you know, this unique season, I hope guys continue to, and athletes around the world continue to leverage their platform and their influence and, and share their true opinions uh, in the moment. You know, it's, and that's, that's, that's the important thing. I think that's what people need to understand is it's not just right now. It's, you have to continue that season after season after season and teach the younger generations that are coming up. I mean, maybe it even transfers to college, you know, cause some of those athletes have, have an influence as well and have a voice um, stronger than others, you know? Awesome. Yeah, totally. Totally. You talk about the MLB standing up and kind of making a statement within the league. Uh, we saw, we saw what the MLB was able to organize uh, specific teams, uh, games were postponed after the Jacob Blake shooting, um, and yep. more more players have begun to speak out over time. Do you think this will continue? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, you know, like I said, I think I think it's important that they do. Uh, I think a lot of the guys are are starting to band together and figuring out you know a constructive plan. It, it's it's to say things is is one piece of it, but you have to act on it. You have to make a conscious effort to do that year after year. Um, you know, so I think once the season's over and guys can kind of digest everything that's been going on a little bit more without having to focus on their sport as well. Um, I think you'll see a lot of plans come into action, whether it's foundations, um, you know, other rules, whatever it can possibly do to help. Um, I think you'll see a lot of the athletes, baseball guys as well in particular uh, come together and really make things happen. It's not just talking about it anymore. We, we have to do things. Um, and I think you'll see, players and agencies and brands come together to make that happen. Totally, man. Like my, like my good friends, Drake and future would say, what a time to be alive. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's, uh, it's unique. You know, a lot of good things will come from it. Yeah. And we just got to keep on pushing, man. And I, I know that we will, my guy. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. All right. No so doubt. ending with this, so ending with this, uh, let me get a playoff prediction from you. You know, who, who are you in the family? Who are you guys rooting for? Oh, man. Um, well, like I said, I mean, being an L.A. guy, I, I've never really been an Angels fan. I've been more of a Dodgers fan. Uh, I'd like to see them win. Uh, I honestly, I, the Padres have been playing so well this year. Um, and it's tough. I, I, it's hard for me to make a prediction because I have some friends on various teams that are kind of around. So, um, I'm going to try and stay as neutral as possible, but I'd like it to come from a West Coast team. I'd like it to come somewhere on the West Coast. So at least we can enjoy it when it's over. All right. Hey, and and we shall see because, you know, I'm repping the Midwest right across from you, my guy. So uh, yes, sir. we shall see how it goes, man. And L, it was a pleasure having you on the podcast, my guy. Wonderful, wonderful speaking to you today. Thanks for having me, man. I was talking with some some friends and some family about this and you know, the media is so unique because they can cut anything they want and say really anything they want and they can twist your words around. So I think it's important for, you know, athletes and people that have influence in particular to hop on something like this um, and, and talk about important pieces that are going on or important topics that are going on in the world 
um, but also their background because everyone's different. Um, you know, everyone comes from a different place and experiences different things, but there are synergisms and things that align with one another in terms of stories. You know, I think most athletes can attest to having times of having to overcome some type of hardship, whether it's injury, not playing, um, you know, something that has to do with academics, maybe family related. So there's always something that seems to happen. You know, it's never a straight line. It's, it's ups and downs. And, you know, sports teaches you to balance that. Um, and, and you can carry that. That's why it's so important to play sports, because you can carry that through your life, you know, when you're done playing. And you can take that into business. And it teaches you how to fail and how to deal with failure, especially baseball. You know, going three for 10 is considered very good. So, you know, you're, you're failing all the time. And, um, you know, it teaches you something over time mentally. It's like you just keep coming back. And, um, you know, I think it's important that athletes hop on platforms like this to discuss, you know, the topics, but also their own stories. Absolutely. And, and we'll try to continue, man, just as long as we get great interviewers like yourself. Thanks for having me, man. I, I had to do it in 100 degrees, but we got it done. <laughs> totally. I'll let you get back to it, brother. It was great having you on, and we will be in touch. All right, man. Thank you. Good to see you. All right. Take care, bro. See you, bro. Thanks. Thanks for watching the Overlook Podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode.